Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. I mean, I think it was Baldy, Brian Baldinger. It's Wes Baldy Breakdown about Fitty and Walker. Damn. <laughs> Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. He threw me an alley right there, Fitty. My bad, man. He threw me an alley right there. <sighs> Say it ain't so. I was like Penny the Shack right there, man. That has a positive ring to it now around basketball season as we get to see the Charlotte 49ers that pick up the does. win over the weekend against ECU, a rival for us Charlotte 49ers. Also see them atop the conference with eight wins in the conference. It's awesome to see Charlotte 49ers basketball playing so well. Listen, they're living their life like it's golden. Word to Jill Scott, okay? The gold rush is on. The 49ers are falling. <laughs> I love it. All right, so let's talk more about it, shall we? Let's go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome Charlotte 49er Athletic Director Mike Hill to the program. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for the time. How are you doing after this weekend? Hey, I'm doing great. It's uh, we're still on a high after such a special weekend. Good to good to visit with you guys. Oh, absolutely. I, I wanted to talk about Fernville. Like that was the place to be over the weekend, right outside Halton. How was it for you attending Fernville? I believe you were handing out Bojangles biscuits as well, right, Mike? Absolutely. Um, I'm all about Bojangles, so that was fun <laughs> to do for sure, man. It was like uh, I had to I had to resist taking a couple for myself, but they were there for the for. The- and coordinating, you know, all, all the, the things that they do on game days. And they came to us along with some representatives of our student government and and, uh, and other groups and, and said about 10 days ago, hey, we want to do a camp out for this game. And and we were all about it. We loved the idea. We wanted to see it happen. And obviously you see that happen at big-time basketball programs. So worked with them to sort of coordinate it and make sure that uh, that uh, they had everything they needed. And I remember on Friday, so the night before the game, six o'clock was the time that they were allowed to begin setup. And so I left my office at six o'clock to go downstairs just to see, you know, how things were going with the setup. And I was shocked. I came out and there were easily 30 tents that were already set up and cornhole was going. There might've been some beer pong. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was awesome. And, um, Listen, it was not a warm night, right? But they, they, they camped out and had a blast. The team came out and delivered pizzas with Coach Fern and the players. And uh, it was just, listen, that, that's a night that, that those students will never forget. Our team will never forget. Well, I mean, yes, and that's fantastic. I, I want to hear more about it. Unfortunately, we had one of the worst timed tests in Wesson Walker <laughs> history. And so if you miss some of it, you can go to our website, WFNZ. Got to compliment his discipline, man, to have all those chicken biscuits and not eat any. 
I know that I would not have been able to do it. I, I did want to ask another question about Fernville, though, uh, Mike. Like, where does this environment rank among the best that you've been a part of during your time in Charlotte so far? Well, it's certainly the best that I've ever experienced here, and I know that a lot of our longtime fans have have told me and, and talked about, you know, what it used to be like in the in the in the good old days, right? And so, um, what I experienced. Here this past weekend, Friday and Saturday, I've, I've been very fortunate in my career to have been in arenas like Rupp Arena and Cameron and Allen Fieldhouse. And I've sat through many really big basketball games, you know, at Florida with Kentucky and others rolling into town. And I can tell you that atmosphere, I texted my older son who lives in Gainesville. I texted him during the game. I said, this is as good as anything I have ever experienced anywhere. Um, it was absolutely electric. Awesome. Um, our students brought it. We had maybe 3,000 students here, um, and the alums brought it. And it was just you, – you could not have had a more perfect afternoon for this place, this program, this university. Mike Hill joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. And, Mike, how good does it feel for you as an AD to hire a guy, man, and it works out like that? Like, what did this moment symbolize for you as far as the process you went through and finding the leader for Charlotte basketball? Well, look, you know, when when I arrived here six years ago, we all know the state of the program at that time was, was not great, right? It was a six-win program. It lost 15 of 16. Um, a proud program with an amazing past, but uh, had really been in in, uh, in the desert for a while. And so, you know, we were committed to building something special. That was what attracted me to this job was I love basketball, and it's important to me that we have great success here. And so, um, you know, fast forward to where we are today, and I, I think back to sort of the trauma that we went through last summer with a, a really, really late coaching uh, decision to, to, to depart with Coach Sanchez and what to do. And, and the players and the staff were, you know, in a bad place and, and they were in shock and we were all trying to manage and deal with it. And I know this, that when we went through that process and we sat down with coach Fern to listen to what his vision would be for the program and listen to our players, um, it was crystal clear what we needed to do in that moment. And it felt right from the start when we hired Aaron, the, the way he managed the team through that really difficult period, um, and the way he has conducted himself and led the program since that time. Um, I know that the non-conference schedule was a little bumpy for us. Um, and But, you know, he and I talked about that before the season, that it might take us the full non-conference schedule to kind of find our footing um, as he, you know, made some adjustments and tweaks to some of the things we were doing offensively and defensively. Obviously, a lot of the core is similar, but we're doing some different things here, too. You've noticed, particularly with offensive rebounding, his tag-up system, um, you know, and also integrating, you know, some, some new players. Obviously, Deshaun Jackson has been a major force as a part of that. But the bottom line is um, it is extremely gratifying because we made a decision that was, um, you know, during an extremely difficult, high-stress, pressurized point, and very clearly it was the right one. And I'm just happy for our guys who went through hell last summer, and I'm also really happy for our fans because they've been in purgatory for a long time. And this is exactly what we've been waiting for. And, Mike, you talked about what a basketball guy you are. When you went and watched them play, it, as opposed to what you had seen previously, at what point did you feel like that this team was something different from what you had been seeing? 
Well, I think, you know, what we've seen, even in some defeats earlier in the year, and this was, there was a learning process and some growth for sure they went, had to go through in some failure, and that's certainly a part of the process, right? But there's a, there's a tenacity and a, and a competitive disposition that this team has that I just think separates itself from what we've seen in, in recent years. Um, and it gives you a chance to win every, every game. Look, you look at our schedule. And you recognize that while there's, you know, there's a lot of danger spots on the schedule and there's not a game on the schedule that you don't go into, you know, concerned about, you also realize you could win. There's not a game on the schedule you couldn't win, you know. Um, and so that is gratifying because it means that you've got a group of guys who believe in each other. They're playing with a great deal of confidence right now. Um, you know, the, the, the buzzword now we all hear in college basketball in basketball period is they're connected, right? But they are connected. And you see that. You see it in the locker room. You see it on the on the floor when they play. Um, they compete at a, at a really high level. We may, not, we may not be the most talented team in the American, but we are one of the best teams in the American because of how we play. And we're a tough out. And I just think that that's going to continue the rest of the season. If, if these guys can – uh, you know, continue to learn how to play with the bullseye on their back because they have it now. You know, we were we were the, the hunter and now we're the hunted. You know, sitting atop the league at eight and one, and that's that that's a part of growing as a program too is learning how to win and and living up to the moment. And Saturday we lived up to the moment. National television, packed house, a rival that comes in who would love nothing better than to knock us off and kind of you know. Uh, you know, ruin, uh, ruin a, a lot of fun for us. And instead we met the moment and, um, and we won the game. And so I'm just so proud of them. And I, I love what I see, the tenacity, the toughness, the competitive spirit, and can't wait to see, uh, see us play again tomorrow night. Yes, Charlotte. Charlotte's been meeting the moment every time. Like they beat FAU and then it's like, Oh, the letdown games coming up after that, but then they win that one. And then they keep on rolling. It's so true. They have met the moment with coach Fern at the helm. That's the voice of Mike Hill, the athletic director of the Charlotte 49ers joining us on the body works plus guest hotline. Mike, I do want to go back to that coach hiring process. You mentioned during the process, not only did you hear from what coach Fern had to say himself, but you also were listening to what the players had to say. What were they saying about coach Fern? Well, the first meeting that we had as a group with the team after they were sort of processing the shock of it all was that they really wanted to, they wanted to play together. First of all, that was important to them. And they wanted to play for coach Fern. And they felt like the best chance that they had to play together was if we hired coach Fern, because the truth of the matter was this, we were at risk of losing multiple players on this roster. If we had hired externally. Okay. And the rules are, and I get the rules, but it makes it really tough if you lose your coach, that the players automatically have a 30-day window they can enter the transfer portal, even if the transfer portal for the rest of the country is closed. So in that situation, our whole roster would have been available for other teams to pick apart, and it was happening. Okay, We know <laughs> they were being recruited by other programs. I mean, it was tampering with the capital T across the board. And I'm confident that we would have lost at least two-thirds of our roster if we'd gone in another direction. But it wasn't just that, although obviously that was a that was a major factor. I didn't want us to go into a new conference that has some basketball uh, prestige and sort of limp into it with a roster that had been depleted. But also just listening to these guys and knowing, you know, how, how badly they did want to play together and, and and having some empathy for what they were going through. 
And it just felt like this was the best opportunity that we had to have a chance to succeed. And not only did I meet with the, the team as a group along with our, our staff, um, but I had several one-on-one conversations with, with multiple players on our team and uh, even with a, a couple of parents who reached out. Um, and I can tell you the, the night uh, before the decision was made, um, I had a great conversation uh, with Igor Milicic, who obviously is having a hell of a year, mm-hmm. you know, and I just asked him again. I said, Igor, you know, nine days ago, you told me that you wanted to play for Coach Fern. And um, I just wanted to call and make sure that's still the case, that, you know, if we hire Coach Fern, that you still want to play here together with, with your teammates. And he said, yes, sir, absolutely. And the next day, um, I brought in four more players into my office. I asked them the same question. I got the same response. And to be perfectly honest with you, even though I got those responses and I believed that they believed that, I still thought there was a chance that we might lose a couple of guys because of maybe some offers that might be made that we you know, just couldn't compete with. But none of them left. And here we are today with a team that is performing at a really high level. And honestly, you look at the roster, unless the NCAA rules change again, which God only knows that seems to happen every week, um, <laughs> This whole team could be back next year, <laughs> you know. So uh, that's pretty exciting. Uh, no, it's incredible. Uh, that's awesome that you were able to talk to the players like that. That's the voice of Charlotte Forty Nine er Athletic Director Mike Hill. And Mike, I, I don't want to belabor the process, right? Like, I just I want to focus too on how difficult that was. And this is no shade to Coach Sanchez. He felt that it was best to leave Virginia, and and so be it. I, I still have to imagine that puts you in a tough spot. How difficult was this hiring process compared to others that you've had? You've had a decent amount in your uh, six-year tenure so far. It was really difficult. Um, just, you know, enormous uh, pressure because, honestly, you know, you're not used to conducting a, a, a search like this at that time of year. And knowing that most of uh, the coaches across the country had already established their rosters for the upcoming season through the portal – and through recruiting and would be maybe reluctant to even consider this job. Right now that said, you know, there were, there were some really quality coaches who uh, were interested in this opportunity along with coach Fern. Um, But yeah, it was, it was a huge stressor. Um, And and I think, you know, we tried to be uh, deliberate and smart, but also we had to act with as much swiftness as possible because we were in danger of losing our roster. And if we took too long, we were going to see guys leave. And so we couldn't afford to do that either. So it wasn't an artificial deadline, right? Sometimes we impose artificial deadlines on ourselves in these searches. This was not artificial. Like there was a real sense of urgency that we had to have. And you hate rushing into, into decisions that are of this magnitude. And um, so in the end, you know, obviously we got it right. Um, and I'm really, really thankful for that. I think we, spent a ton of time assessing, evaluating, and preparing to make the move that we made, and, and, it, and, it, and it was the right call, but it was extremely difficult. And I'll just say this, too. Um, I know we've got a large segment of our fan base um, who, you know, want nothing to do with Coach Sanchez and, and want to vilify him, and, and I understand that. I do. Um, and I was not happy. Ron will tell you I was not happy either with the timing of his decision. But I also look at this and realize that the roster that we have and the head coach that we have today, Ron Sanchez brought them here, right? And so I am grateful for that because right now we're competing at a very high level in a league that is, uh, you know, a step up from maybe even where we were before. 
Um, and we wouldn't have these guys here without him. So I thank him for that. But I also know this, that um, we're having a level of success that we haven't seen here in a really long time. And I could not be more excited for Coach Fern and our players and our fans. Mike, when you look at this process, too, with Fern coming in, being a first-year head coach, they always need a player on the roster to be that messenger to help keep the guys on board, keep them focused. What player from your vantage point has been the biggest catalyst for uh, the success and and their their turnaround this year, so to speak, to get things together for Coach Fern? Look, I think, you know, the best teams, championship-level teams, are player-led. And you can have a really talented team, but if you don't have leadership on your roster and they're all looking to the head coach and the bench for direction and leadership, you're not going to win at a high level. It's just not going to happen. And so um, I think we have several guys on this team who, you know, lead by example and with their voice. I think about, um, I think about Deshaun Jackson, um, who is a, you know, really bright, strong leader. And um, I think about, Lukai Patterson, obviously, um, as well. And Jackson Threadgill, who's coming off the bench now, uh, is another one who's a, got a really strong voice and is almost like a coach out there on the floor when he is there in the game. The coaches see him that way. And so we've got a bunch of guys, Igor, I mean, others. You know, I, I hate leaving people out, but I'm just singling out the ones who really stand out to me as, as guys who use their voice and who lead through their actions as well that provide, you know, Coach Fern and his staff what they need out there. And it's inspiring. Mike, last thing that I have for you, as far as this resurgence of Charlotte 49ers basketball, what traits do you want to see carry over from this that will hopefully carry over into the fall for football this upcoming season? Well, number one, um, the, the, just the energy and the enthusiasm around our program right now. Look, we have so much great stuff happening on this campus, not just in athletics, but as a university. And, you know, you saw it last fall. Um, gosh, the energy around our football program was spectacular. We had, you know, overflow crowds for the first three games of the year and a lot of excitement around the guys and around Coach Poggi. And I expect that to happen again this fall. I think that based on what I've seen, you know, what we, the talent that we've brought in, certainly at quarterback, at receiver, and other key positions, and knowing that the kind of defense that we were able to play last year, which was a dramatically improved defense, um, I can't wait to see uh, see this team compete this fall. And so if this football team can take what this basketball team has demonstrated is key, and that is togetherness, connectedness, focus, player-led uh, strength, they'll have success. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a great home schedule. You know, James Madison and Tulane and South Florida and UAB – uh, among others, it, it, it's an awesome schedule. And I think our ECU, you know, our fans are going to love it. And uh, hopefully we have packed houses, all six uh, home games this fall, the way we saw in Halton Arena on Saturday. Yeah, it was great to, great to see Biff Pogey out there as well, celebrating with the win. Also, huge win for Kara Consuegra as well and the women's team. Awesome stuff from her. Great to be a 49er right now. That's for sure. That's why we have Mike Hill, Charlotte 49er Athletic Director, talking about all of the positivity surrounding Charlotte Athletics, including the men's basketball team. You can go find him on Twitter, by the way, constantly supporting his school, at our Mike Hill. Mike, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. 
Hey, thank you guys so much. Go Niners. Thanks, Mike. Oh, yeah, man. Go 49ers. You're talking about running through a brick wall, Wes. Yeah, I'm man. Ready. We got to get to a game. We, we want it so badly. And you do, too, to your credit. Like, yes. you want basketball to be good back in Halton Arena. I'm so it happy is. for them. I want to see them in that tournament. I want to see their name flash up in that bracket. All right. We'll see that. We'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side. The Live Wire coming up. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's only Monday, man. It's only Monday. We had Flounder come in here with his New York backpack. It's the yeah, Rangers. I'm trying to go was... get a slice of damn pizza. Uh, yeah, well. I don't think he needs any more. And a bagel and a hot dog. All right, so let's just bring everybody up to speed because Flounder <laughs> walks in, and I don't even know how. I think it was Fitty. Fitty's the one that brings yeah, it up. Yeah, he started it up. So, so, so this is. <laughs> there you go. Fiddy is the Charlotte gaslighter. Yeah, he kicked the beehive and then talking about, I don't know what happened. He said, so Fiddy brings up, hey, Wes, did you see your 49ers are already creating excuses about losing the Super Bowl, complaining about the practice field? And then Wes says, do you hear him? Do you hear him, Walker? I don't hear anything. And Fiddy's like, why? I didn't even say anything. <laughs> no, after amazing. I flamed him about right. the fact, I said, I'm not talking to somebody whose team lost in the divisional round. That That's all true. <laughs> Flounder was in here. And oh, wild card. Then, My bad. That's even worse. So then Flounder was in here, and also he agreed, but then we kept moving on. Wes said, okay, I hope San Francisco wins. Of course he hopes, right? But he says, y'all better pray that they don't, because if they do, I'm going off on everybody. And then he says, including Flounder, who said that Brock Purdy wasn't anything special. And then they got to arguing, because Flounder said, of course, I'm right. He's not. And Wes said, no, you're way off with that. You're way off. And then it got to some kind of heated point before yeah, Flounder left the studio. New York. And I just told him, I said, you cheer for the Giants. They haven't been anything since Eli. And then I told him, you know, go get a slice of pizza, which was m- me kindly telling him to bleep off. Yeah. Go get a pizza. <laughs> go get you a New York slice, man. See what you did. This is Fiddy that is telling everybody. <laughs> then we, we also talked about how I Fiddy love it. just might be one of the best gaslighters that I know. Because he does it to me all the time. Yeah, he does. He does it to me constantly. How? There's not much you can say. It's not much Walker what? can say without getting some extra comment. Because because something will happen. Ow! In fact, <laughs> I walk down to go record something today. I say, hey, what's up? Fiddy's talking to Beth Troutman, the lovely Beth Troutman. They're having a conversation, and then Fiddy is talking about filling in for the morning show every now and then. Mm-hmm. 
And then he said something, something, something. I don't have to work with this bleep bleep <laughs> when I go to the mornings. So then I'm like, oh, okay. And then I ask Fiddy after he starts mocking me like a five-year-old with did. everything that I do. It's real, it's It gets annoying. Legitimately, I'm annoyed because I can't do anything <laughs> without him just annoying. And then Wes says, what are you, five? Bryce used to do that. And then he grew out of it because people do grow up. <laughs> Fiddy decided not to. And then I said, Fiddy, is this how it's going to be today? He's like, what? You're the one that started yeah. it. I mean, I'm never. <laughs> Look, I, we're just going to air all. This is all, all true. Fiddy's the guy that come up and slap you in the back of your head. Then when you turn around and go dust him off, then he's like, what, what? <laughs> he's so bad. <laughs> Tell me any lie I just told throughout that entire spiel. Well, like, you know, you're going down to record some spots, which, you know, I get it. But I've never heard someone before they, for 60 seconds of copy, um, I mean, like, I mean, you're going through this whole, like, voice routine, cleared your throat, like, 17 times. So, I was so like, Fiddy is doing this to try to give him some leg to stand on. He copied me after I did it once. Yeah. I do it one time, mm -hmm. and then he hops on and then starts, even when you said, the call to action. He makes fun of me in my deep voice. The call to action. Yeah, he did. You know who Fiddy is? You know who Fiddy is? And you know what Look, I didn't do? Say that 17 times. You know who Fiddy is? He Since he would he would get this reference, Fiddy is Ike Clancy. And for those of you that don't know, Ike Clancy from Tombstone. I love you. He talked a lot of trash. But then when it came down to that barrel looking yep. at him in his face, he was backpedaling better than Deion Sanders. And that's Fiddy right there, man. He'd come talk. Remember that law dog? Law just don't go around. He said it, what, three times so Kurt Russell could hear him? Law dog, that's good because law just don't go around here. And then when they pulled the blickies out, he was, no, 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 don't shoot. Yeah. Don't oh, shoot. I got no so gun. Fitty. I got that no so gun. That that's Fiddy. So Fiddy Clancy. I just, you know, just I, I just got to keep remembering, man, that Walker's just not a guy that – he, you know, like like a typical host, just thinks the board op is beneath them and you can't say nothing to them. And I'm just here to work and make him sound good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's as good as it gets, man. I'm telling you. Fiddy, he's, Fiddy he's missed hard. his calling. He's Fiddy hard. missed his calling as a lawyer. Fiddy, Fiddy's difficult. He is a difficult human being. Wow. He missed his calling as a lawyer, man. I, I don't even know about, like, you gotta you got to be ready. I don't even know if he's a lawyer, how many cases he losing for you. <laughs> I don't know. Fiddy so can like, be convinced. No, no, this for is for those what, who don't know him. No, I complete this is what Fiddy does, right? <laughs> Fiddy goes up to the witness and then he starts badgering the witness. And then somebody says, you know, objection, badgering. Whoa, I didn't even do it. Whoa. What? I'm just asking questions. I'm not even doing anything. Hey, Saul the witness Goodman. came at me. Saul Goodman, a life influencer, man. You're starting I mean, to watch. You're a little bit deeper, right? You, you know, got one more episode down. Maybe I'm having to change your heart. Maybe I'm going to announce tomorrow I'm going to law school and Trump is going to be your board up and you'll celebrate on the air because you don't got to deal with me anymore. It's all good. I would love to see that as a punishment. You have to take the bar exam. <laughs> That's the next one. That's the next one. Take the SAT. Take the bar exam. I just want you taking a long test and I would love to see how you score. And we just want, I just want the experience more so than getting the bubble sheet and then scanning whatever the Scantron. Is that what they used to be? Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I don't even need to see the results. I just want you to go through that experience. Okay. Wow. The bar exam, that would be fantastic. Okay. We've talked enough. We're going to get even here. We are, you know, no, we don't care about the board off, even though he's got his own segment. Right. So, so Here's great. the live wire with Josh Ike Clancy Marlowe. <laughs> oh, shoot. I got no gun. <laughs> up north, up to the down south, down, live wise. 
All right, guys. Um, Dave Canales has been the the attention getter really since he got introduced officially last Thursday. We spent some time a little bit on Dan Morgan, but maybe not as much as we've wanted to getting off on side tangents. But a guy who always has an opinion on the Carolina Panthers is Cam Newton. And this is what he had to say about the new GM on the 4th and 1 podcast. Dan Morgan, yes. Dan Morgan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, Dave Canellis, I don't oh, necessarily no. know. So the good thing about this is it is an offensive-minded coach, and it'll be good for Bryce Young. But other than that, man, I just still got the same concerns. You feel me? Like, Is he going to make it long enough? Yeah. No, what about Dan Morgan? So why is he a good fit? He knows the city. Okay. Charlotte. That's, the old, that's the original... Yeah, like, he knows. No he knows what the culture is. Okay, he went to the Super Bowl, right? So he has some type of tenure of understanding, you know, what the fans' expectations is. How much do you hold it against Cam that he does not know how to say Canales' last name when he offered his opinion on said new head coach of the Panthers? I'm not gonna kill him for it. I, this is Cam Newton for one. He's been known to get some things wrong at the podium every now and then. What if Hind- they called him a cannoli? Hindsight 50-50. Um, I mean, there's a couple. Of, we used I, For his 28th birthday, one episode we did for a podcast series, I went through his best 28 comments of all time, and it was quite the commentary that Cam Newton had. And plus, it's not like Smith or Johnson or any other easy nickname to get or last name to get right. I think the more important thing here is that Cam Newton gives us an approval on Dan Morgan, which is cool. I I like to see that Cam Newton is behind Dan Morgan getting this job. Wes has been smiling at me the entire time. Let's hear why. I just heard you talking about the glorified running back. Is that who we're talking about? Oh, no. Oh, I... I, You're going to warn Sap on him. (laughs) No, Cam constantly... Go scratch yourself. He constantly mispronounces words, and he constantly misuses words. So this doesn't uh, surprise me at all. And if I have a little bit more ire in my... Uh, talking about Cam Newton. I think you know why. Now, I think you know why. I think we do now, and it's changed. I will say yeah, this it's is changed. It's a little rich, though. <laughs> to be fair, we have to make fun of ourselves. Yeah. As we are talking about Cam Newton getting Dave Canales wrong, we have been checked on Ike Clancy because it's actually Ike Clanton. That's the guy's name. Ike Clanton. Okay. So ugh, egg in our face a little bit. No. Seems like it. Okay, go ahead, Fitty. I mean, that's a typical 49er (laughs) fan talking, man, getting egg on their face because they can't get facts right. (laughs) It's just Dave Canellis, oh, that's funny, but then we're like Ike Clancy. It's actually Ike Clancy. Ike Clancy. But that's just me calling him a totally different name. That's not mispronouncing his name. And Clancy sounds better, but Ike Clancy, goat character in Tombstone. Never seen it. Is that bad? Yeah. Let me. Lord knows it's on TV four times a week. On AMC. If you don't catch it, then you'll be able to see it somewhere. I, I I know I've seen people play the video game. People love Tomb Raider. People love, or is it Tombstone? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Dang man. Well, Let I guess get you, that neck. you didn't say what I just said. I but deserve we, the neck on yeah. that one. Yeah. Just go ahead and get it. I got mine earlier. Just go ahead and get it. Was, Tomb Raider had movies too. I was too. thinking Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider had movies. I do too. not remember Ike Clanton from Tombstone. I just yeah. don't remember him as well because it's been so long. But you I remember Laura Croft. I was remembering Tomb Raider. <laughs> Very different movie. I apologize. <laughs> this didn't happen. We didn't make fun of Cam. <laughs> I didn't mix up Tomb Raider with Tombstone. This is the start of the live wire. 
Fitty proceed. <laughs> Something we haven't gotten into has been the Hornets because, well, they lost two more games over the weekend in rather blowout fashion. But last night, Brandon Miller, a career-high 35 in the home loss. And Steve Clifford spoke about his rookie continuing to shine and progress. I don't know it's surprising me, but I mean, you know, he, look, he works hard. He's very diligent, and that's the way it works. He's got a lot of talent. He works hard. You're going to get better. So he's getting better for the right reasons. He's being double teamed now. He did a good job against that, passing out of it. And uh, I think he'll get better and better. All right, Walker, more importantly, we had a set the bleeping screen from Steve Clifford earlier in the year. And then last night we got from Brandon Miller a get the bleep back after they conveniently, as they haven't done all season long, gotten back in transition defensively. Which was the better bleep moment from a Hornet? No, look, it's still a Steve Clifford because we got in a front-facing camera on Steve Clifford right in his face, and then he just yelled. You could hear it. It's not one of those lip-reading moments. You could actually hear it well enough. Brandon Miller's is great, too. It's certainly second. I'm glad you brought that up, but Steve Clifford does win. Now, the real convo is, here's Brandon Miller acting like the leader that this team does need. And I do think Brandon Miller telling his guys to get back on defense after watching Nick Smith Jr. at the top of the key get beat by Brandon Miller down the court because he doesn't pick up ball. And instead, he goes to the wing. JT Thor, PJ Washington, they're coming from the corners. Nobody gets back in time. And there's only a turnover on that fast break opportunity because Brandon Miller got back in time in order to force a tough pass. Brandon was sensational. He scored in the mid-range. He was shooting well from three. How about getting to the foul line and shooting 12 free throw attempts? The most before that, that was six. That's a good number. October 30th. October 30th, he had six free throw attempts. That was the most until he posted 12. Brandon Miller is awesome. He looks so good right now. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, man. For the first time last night, as much as I still shed tears over Wimby every time I see him do something spectacular, I said last night, man, I said, Charlotte, they, they got this one right. Uh, and I think it's lessened the blow of not getting Wemby. You got a guy who, you know, looks like he's going to be a player and he looks just like his GOAT. I'm going to keep it a bean. And I think he may be slightly on par or a little bit ahead of where Paul George was as a rookie. But he looks a lot like his favorite player. And I think Charlotte has got themselves a guy for the first time. I did on this two years ago. For the first time last night, finally, we hear somebody get on their teammates holding them accountable for what they're not doing. That's what's needed. Can we get a couple more guys that are going to do the same type of stuff? Because Coach Clifford, they're not going to keep, you know, they're not listening to him enough. Fitty said, you know, he's yelling at guys, telling them to do this and do that. With expletives, they're not doing it. It's about time the Hornets have somebody on the court who is going to hold guys accountable. If we could get LaMelo to do this more often, too, the Hornets would be on to something. But Brandon Miller, I got to give him credit. They got one right there. He looks like he is going to be a monster. Uh, you know, the things that he's doing now, this is Ricky year. This, By the time he's in that third year, fourth year, you get that man body, forget about it. The attitude has always been, right from the get-go, yeah. something impressive. That's what you need. As soon as he stepped onto an NBA court, ready for the smoke, I'll always go back to that Detroit game when he and P.J. Washington were the only ones going at Isaiah Stewart, who famously tried to fight LeBron James in a game. That was it. And Brandon Miller, as a rookie, what was it, like seventh game in the league at that point? 
Brandon Miller was still here. And then we saw different checkpoints of some of that attitude, that good attitude coming out, the competitiveness. And he's here to perform. And so what Brandon Miller is doing right now, sensational in his rookie yes, sir, season. Salute, youngin. Speaking of LaMelo, he hasn't played Walker. Is it is it over a week now that he that, that LaMelo hasn't been on the court? Because I know he missed Monday. Yeah, something like missed that. Missed Wednesday, didn't play Friday, didn't play last night. Well, Steve Clifford was asked about if he's being shut down with the Hornets out of playoff contention. And any update on if LaMelo will play tomorrow? Yeah, no idea. He was really sore today, so, I, I you know, I don't know. Is there a chance you guys shut him down for the rest of the year? I'll be honest, and I mean this truthfully. I think all I care about is I'm going to watch the film. I'm going to figure out what we need. That's not my stuff there. i got to get ready for the game. It takes a long time to get ready for an NBA game, so I don't sit around and worry about that. They'll tell me who can play tomorrow. We'll have play A. These guys play plan B. Bop, 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 bop. Then you got to figure out what to run, what you're going to do bop, defensively. So that's that's not in my that's not in my area. All right, so I you know I have my issues with the load management stuff in the NBA and the fact that the league had to you know and you know put an incentive for you to play is a problem. But I've also said that they shouldn't play Lamelo Ball because they're out of playoff contention. Walker, where do you stand on playing Lamelo, not playing Lamelo when you literally have? Nothing to gain the rest of the season. So, th- for me, this is actually really easy. Very easy. You play him if he's healthy, and if he's sore, you don't play him. Like, to me, we can try to make this as complicated as we want to. We often do this with injuries. Hey, do you want to play this guy at 80%? Do you want to play him at 70 because he needs to be out there? Or do you need to wait until he's 100%? The reality is, it's real simple. You listen to the training staff. You listen to the player. And if you see something else or and if the overwhelming majority from both the player and the training staff is like, yeah, he could use some rest here tonight, then you sit him because you aren't playing for anything. But if he can play, then you play him because this is a team. This is a squad that desperately needs their two core players to figure it out as much as possible. And who are those guys right now that you hope to be a future part of the foundation? It's Brandon Miller and it's LaMelo Ball. And then maybe you can even mix in some Mark Williams, who isn't going to play because he's legitimately injured to the point where he can't suit up and nor should they put him out there with that back injury. But it's real simple. If LaMelo is healthy enough to play and you get the okay from him as a player and the training staff, then roll with him. If he's not, then sit him and we don't have to shut him down while also balancing the scales to make sure that we have enough chemistry out there developed on the court between the two guys you care most about on this roster. Let me tell you right now, we've had some good foul lines around here. If they would have shut LaMelo down for the season, I would probably have the foul line of all foul lines, okay? There's no reason that this should happen. Uh, I saw some of the rumors circulating and things of that nature, but at the end of the day, if you sit him out, that means you're telling me you feel like you got a playoff team next year, and that is far from the reality for the Charlotte Hornets. So, like Walker said, if he's healthy enough to play and he can go, he needs to go. If they shut him down before the All-Star break or shut him down for the year, that would be one of the weakest, most trash. I can't even think of responsible enough words hmm. to put with how I would feel about that if they were to do that. That'll do it for the Live Wire with Josh Ike Clanton Marlowe. <laughs> Not Clancy, Ike Clanton Marlowe. Law just don't go around here, Law Dog. <laughs> we have one more segment to go coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Excited about Brandon Miller here on the text line. 704 writing in Miller's attitude and durability is the difference. He has held up for the most part. He's had a bunch of nagging injuries that'll sit him out uh, every other game or, or so. Try to come back and then he'll play a stretch and then go out for like a game. But for the most part, the durability has held up. He said that this was uh, that he did not believe in the rookie wall. I think the production is helping that out. The fatigue is there sometimes, but that's because he's the only one getting back on defense. That's so. right. He's a young buck. <laughs> he, young is. Rook. he is. Adjusting he is. to that NBA life. That's going to help, too. I, I did want to kick this to both of you because last year, if you'll remember, I went to Pine Lake Elementary School. Big shout out to Pine Lake. And if you guys remember, I was there for their career day, and I was able to get some audio. And we ran with that over the air. They were giving us the teasers. They were giving us the rejoins. Now, if I do go back this year, which it does look like I'm going to, then I wonder just what kind of sound bites, what kind of drops do we want from a bunch of second, third, and fourth graders? I just want to know, like, could we get well, – I, I don't want to say – no, hell no. I was going to say, you could do that, that and then they'll go, oh, <laughs> yeah. no, hell no. <laughs> we, could, we could do that. We could do that. But I wanted to think of maybe some of the show phrase. Maybe I think about Pop-Tarts a lot from their own point of view. Mm. Or we could just have something totally made up. What do you got, Fitty? Do you have a Willie P impression? Do I have one? Yes. Well, they don't know who he is, so they probably wouldn't catch it. What are you getting at? I want a second, third, or fourth grader to have an impression. Play a Willie P goal call. <laughs> And see if we can get a second, third, or fourth grader to go, score! <laughs> Charlotte FC goal call. You sound like a rooster. <sighs> yeah, he did. What was that again? Can you do that one more time? Score! <laughs> he does. I heard that at like right. four in the morning right. on the farm. Right, I can wake up. <laughs> I would like, to the cow. I'm trying to look up what these kids asked me last time. Because after the presentation... They'll ask you all sorts of questions, and people are interested. They want to know, oh, okay, you're on the radio. That's really cool. And so the kids are asking questions left and right. And I got some great ones. I'm trying to pull it up from what I tweeted I got asked about last year. I'm trying to pull it up. I'm trying to find it. Okay, here we go. So this was the tweet that I had just last year. I spoke to fourth graders for career day about being a radio podcast host. They were awesome. Also, here's a list of things I was asked or things that I heard. Somebody asked me. Remember how hot this topic was then. Hey, have you talked to Miles Bridges lately? <laughs> that was awkward. One question was, did LaMelo really break his ankle? <laughs> yeah, he's injured. Is he just resting? No, he's, he's hurt. Even the kids know. I know. 
And that's especially prevalent now because of the whole ankle brace controversy, which I, you know, is crazy. The last one is the best and the worst one. Um, random. Okay. Didn't Demar Hamlin die? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Yeah, how did you react to those? I was like, um, you know what? He actually, I'd, he did on the football field for a little bit, but thank God the training staff was there and they helped him and, um. You know, it was uh, it was nice to see him come back. Any other questions? Any other questions out there? Just Miles Bridges and Demar Hamlin, especially. Yeah, I wanted to know. I was going to stop you at first to ask you what did you say to the Miles Bridges question. I j- oh, I left that one. We <laughs> <laughs> said no. I haven't talked to him. That's it. That's it. Uh, that was it. I said no. I I haven't talked to him lately. <laughs> Next question. That was it. I did not go into detail on anything happening there. Did you even consider after the Hamlin question going full Ryan from the office? Remember when he where he does the thing in his business class where he, he talks about how his company is a dying breed and Michael walks in and hears him just trashing Dunder Mifflin? Like, I, like at that point, you probably tell them, okay, radio's a, it's a dying business. Mm-hmm. Because how do you respond to that? I don't know how to respond. I I don't even know how well I handled it or how I didn't. I I I have to imagine I said something just like I gave there. You know, yeah, I think he did, but the training staff did a great job of bringing him back. It was a scary situation for sure. Next question. That's probably how I handled it. You should go to the same class to see if they remember you, and then see what if, if they've they've got better questions now that they're a year older. I wanted well. I think it's got more mature. I think it's fourth grade. So I was looking. I didn't know if that was going to be the case, but I think it's fourth grade. And so now we just have a new crop of questions coming in. Uh oh. And I'm ready for it. So I I think last year too. I wonder if I should put together like a PowerPoint. Last year I brought my podcast microphone. You know, kids just you know whatever. Right, fourth graders. Oh, okay. Look, I'm a news broadcaster. They had fun with that. Also brought in like some of the credentials that I've had. I brought the Charlotte All Star Weekend credential. I think the kids like that. But I don't know how else to – they're advising us, any of the presenters, to bring visual aids. And so that's what I tried to do. Oh. And so – Bring I us. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing in Fiddy. I would be scared to death. Yeah. I'd be – because Fiddy would, Fiddy would just go off. Is, La, is LaMelo really hurt? Pfft, no. <laughs> he's a soft NBA player is what he is. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not wearing ankle braces. Yo, Johnny, he's not wearing ankle braces it's because the NBA is soft. Yep. And they're not a winning program. Now, if they were a winning program, they'd look a lot like North Carolina. And then nobody else would be able to get a question in. Yeah, and then there's no dump button in there either. So. There's no dump button. And I think we would need one in real time. What are you going to do if you get asked by a fourth grader to Dave Canales really cheat on his wife? Oh, that's an... Yeah. I say it's in the book, tough. young man. I was like, Reading yeah. is fundamental. Go ask, go ask your parents about getting this marriage. Although, see, that also paints me in a bad light. So it's... Local radio host tells kid to go buy this marriage, but now nah, I'm not trying to see so that. Go ask, your mama, so go ask your mama what your daddy did. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say that either. I'll just say, hey, it's in his book. And uh, I might say, you know, you can ask your parents about that if you want to, but that's yeah. all in your decision. So was this like it was when I was uh, in school where you're in the room with other people with their careers? No. We actually have different stations, and so it's just me. The classes are coming to my classroom, so to speak, the entire time. I think I had like four or five presentations, something like that. So that's how it's going to happen. Do you guys remember a career day? Yes. Yeah. I don't remember many career days, to be honest with you. I don't remember how many I had. I met Clinton Boyer at a career day. Oh, that's pretty oh, cool. Wow, that's a good yeah. one. You know what? Now that you bring it up, 
Brian Harvey spoke at our school one time, former major league baseball player, went to Bandy's high school that was in the area. And so Brian Harvey came over and, and talked to us because I believe he had a sibling that taught at good old Claremont elementary. Okay. And so that was cool to talk with Brian Harvey. That was about it. I don't know if I carry the same popularity as Brian Harvey or Clint Boyer, but no, one day they're going to say, yo, walking mail mm-hmm. came and talked to my class. One day they're going to say, hey, he's the guy that works with that Wes Bryant dude. <laughs> that famous Wes Bryant dude. All right, that'll do it for Wes and Walker. Keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke. Ludwig, we'll be back with you tomorrow from 12 to 3, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.